method of business would persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute, and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades. While the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near constant state of flux, to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes. Welcome back to another week of This Week in Pro Wrestling with one half of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Mike Monty, where I am Farrowless, as Farrowless is, or Farrow has come down ill, but we're going to bring in the new year without him and uh, wish him some prayers. Not that he needs prayers, man. He's just sick. I mean, people get sick, so... I mean, that's one thing that we have a problem in this, this planet or this universe or whatever. It's like now when people get sick, it's like, oh, my God, they're sick. They've got a cold. They're sniffling. Oh, my God, it's the end of the world. So, uh, you know, again, he'll be fine. He'll be back next week. But um, anyway, we want to thank you for joining us before this New Year's. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas and a happy Hanukkah. Uh, New Year's 2022, a lot of people cannot wait for this year to end. So uh, a little side note for everybody, don't forget on New Year's Eve, once that clock hits midnight, the first thing you put in your mouth, I told you guys this last year, is herring. Herring will make you never make you penniless. If you have herring, you will always have money. So don't forget, the first thing in your mouth is herring, and herring can come in in wine or mayonnaise, and it's probably some of the most awful-tasting stuff of all time. But for that little awful taste, guys, just taste it, and just get it, and you'll never be penniless, and God knows we all need money. So uh, today's show is going to be basically about all the major things in wrestling um, throughout the year. I rank them. Uh, so I'm going to go through the list, and we're going to start off with an honorable mention. 
Mandy Rose being fired, Mandy Rose being let go recently by the WWE due to her her social media outlets and being a little bit racy. Um, news has come down that the third-party content since Mandy's firing has made her $500,000, which everybody seems to be going gaga for that you know hey look she's making so much more money than she was before she makes more money as a i don't know social media star than she does as a pro wrestler guys you got to keep i keep saying this it only lasts for a certain amount of time and then mandy rose will be forgotten i mean at what point are you going to keep going to her page right i mean that's that's most of the reason why you know Anyone goes to these social media pages is because of someone's fame. I mean, yeah, gorgeous girl, nice lady. Um, met her quite a few times, talked to her f quite a few times. Uh, but again, who's going to go to the go to the site after it's over? But as far as wrestling news, it's one of the biggest things because this could be a, a change in the WWE's uh, mindset. In a lot of ways, right? Because she certainly was a talent. She certainly was on the rise for sure. But again, Mandy Rose terminated, let go from her contract. Can't really say terminated, right? Because she's an independent contractor. But um, she's let go from that independent contract. And she's now just a regular person with an OnlyFan page. So... That's honorable mention one. Honorable mention two, Ric Flair's last match. Ric Flair wrestled his last match on July 31st. Um, coming out of the Ric Flair documentary where they didn't cover it, um, most wrestling fans uh, felt that this match was maybe one of the worst matches they've ever seen. And um, it certainly did not help Ric Flair's career. Um, as Ric Flair, along with his son-in-law, Andrade, wrestled Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Um, clearly, Jeff Jarrett still has it. He's now in AEW. He's, he seems like he could move. He's still, he's still got that whole gimmick going. And obviously, Jay Lethal's a good wrestler, and Andrade is also a good wrestler. But um, Ric Flair needs to hang it up. But still... One of the most influential things to happen in the world of wrestling in 2022. Again, when Ric Flair's name is attached to anything, um, being a former WWE fan, uh, not former, but a lifer growing up on WWE, my first touch with Ric Flair was through Turner Cable. Um, Ric Flair certainly was a great personality, but I never thought uh, about Flair being the greatest of all time like he's touted nowadays. Again, I can understand why someone could say he's the greatest of all time, but in my opinion, he's just one of the icons of the sport. Um, I, I, I personally would put uh, a few people in front of him uh, for sure. Um, is he one of the most influential? I think he became one of the most influential figures in pro wrestling when he joined the WWE, not the first time, but the second time. That's where I think people started to get that uh, 
that love for Flair and Flair's character. You know, just as a guy gets older, I think you start to respect what he's done in his career. And then, you know, you get this melancholy feeling about yourself or about that particular wrestler. And you realize what they brought to you that you may have taken for granted. So I guess my point is, yeah, could I have taken Ric Flair for granted? Yeah, for sure. But again, he was not a WWE mainstay uh, in the first go-around. Um, he did well, obviously, two-time champion. But, you know, I, I don't even know how long the run was, to be honest with you. I'd have to look at it. I don't think it was over a year. Maybe it was over a year. But um, personally, uh, Ric Flair should not have gotten back in the ring. Um, another honorable mention will go to Tony Khan purchasing Ring of Honor. Now, again, for some people, it's not the biggest deal in the world. Uh, I was not a Ring of Honor guy, never went to Ring of Honor matches, could have cared less about Ring of Honor. But I will give Tony Khan his props for keeping that organization alive. I think there's something to be said there. Um, alive how? I really don't know, right? You don't hear much of it. You know, there's no television show. He couldn't get a television deal for him. And, you know, and again, everybody seems like when you're on social media, everybody's always saying how this is the greatest time for pro wrestling. Personally, I don't think so. Um, it's better than it has been, right? Because there are some more options. Um it's different, right, because fans or people get the right to actually get into the lives of these wrestlers. I mean, holy shit, there's a, a million podcasts out there. So, you know, you get, the, you know, uh, Dax Hardwood now has a podcast, which is very good. I do recommend it. If you have a chance, go watch uh, watch or listen to it either. Um, he really is honest. But again, how far can, how many stories can Dax Hardwood tell uh that's that's a funny thing. He he he's the flavor of the day, but the longevity of a, a, a broadcast or a podcast like that won't last. Because how many stories does he have to tell? I mean, look at Morocco's podcast. Um, you know, who, who was better than the magnificent Morocco back in the day? And I mean, the guy has a million stories. But you know, after uh, I don't know after. 300 episodes, I don't even know 300, say after 100 episodes at an hour pop, how many more stories can this guy tell? I mean, he just can't. Um, so, you, you know, I think that's where uh, Click This uh, with Kevin Nash and Sean Oliver ha have a lot more longevity in this because... Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Most of the discussions is about other things in pro wrestling, uh, kind of what Monty Nefaro is based off of. So, again, and again, I'm not comparing... Monty Nefaro to Kevin Nash, but I mean, you know, how many wrestling stories does someone have? So, number five of one of the most important things that happened in 2002, 
2022, Stone Cold Steve Austin's return to the ring. Stone Cold Steve Austin made his return to the squared circle for the first time in 19 years, battling Kevin Owens in a no-holds-barred match. Now, I don't know. We've all seen that match. Um, Personally, I thought it was fantastic. I think a lot of fans thought it was fantastic. Uh, Stone Cold was in really, really good shape. Kevin Owens was able to carry him also. And again, don't get insulted the fact that Kevin Owens had to carry Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course you have to. The younger guy has to carry the older wrestler. And it's not saying that Stone Cold wasn't in great shape because he was. And it was a hell of a match. It was exciting. Um... It was everything. So that's number five of the most important things of 2022. Number four, Sasha Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out of WWE Raw just prior to the May 1st episode of WWE Raw. Women's tag team champion Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of the promotion, forcing the company to alter its plan for the night's upcoming show and pay-per-view events. Now, a lot of people will be like, why was this chosen as number four? Look, I've said on many, many shows, Sasha Banks is a needle mover. Um, it's clear she's in the news all the time. People are wondering where she's going to go. Uh, she's on a plethora of either television shows on Disney and uh some of these reality shows uh, she was walking with Naomi I think in the uh, in the model thing in the city you know showing off showing off outfits things like that so Sasha Banks is a needle mover for so someone to walk out again another situation going back to Mandy Rose here's an independent contractor standing up for themselves and saying nope I'm not going to do this um does she go to, you know, everybody knows she's going to Japan. Will she go to AEW? If she does go to AEW, this will be a big deal for AEW, for sure. Uh, I think that eventually will, that, that again, back to Farrow's point, who is she going to wrestle against? I don't know. That's the questionable thing. But for the short term, uh, they'll get my interest. Um, I'm a big Sasha Banks fan. Um I think she's a bit spoiled, uh, if everybody remembers on the interview uh, that we had. Uh, a couple of wrestlers had said that they felt that, she, you know, most recently Tony Atlas felt that, you know, she's making a uh, big mistake. Bill DeMott, uh, on a recent interview in 2022 with Monty Nefaro, Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, said that he felt that uh, Sasha Banks was unprofessional, you know. Do your job and then negotiate. Uh, the other question is, Sasha Banks, from what the dirt she'd say, and you don't know what the truth is, saying she wants Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch money. Um, do I think she's worth it? Look, again, I don't know. Uh, they've got a team of people that look at the marketing and look at the TV. I'm sure if Sasha Banks is selling a boatload of t-shirts they would be paying her so there could be something there maybe she's not as marketable as even i think she is so i don't know but also still number four in one of the most important things to happen in 2022 number three 
Cody Rhodes leaves AEW and returns to the WWE. Uh, Obviously, Cody Rhodes was one of the founders uh, and vice presidents of AEW and was an integral part of bringing a new age to wrestling um, to the audience back in 2019. But somewhere along the line, Cody must have realized that this is not where he wants to be. What what could it be? Maybe he didn't have the control that he thought he was going to have. I mean, we've discussed this numerous times. Maybe Tony Khan has too much control. And for someone like Cody Rhodes, maybe he expected to have more hand in creative. Again, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm only speculating um, what's going through Cody Rhodes' mind. But certainly... Uh, him coming to the WWE, making his return at WrestleMania, having some really bangers, which I can't stand, as you guys know, against Seth Rollins. Um, again, uh, unfortunately, he injured himself, but he uh, he went out his final match in that that, ma- that steel cage match with Seth Rollins, and uh, you know he'll be back, but. He, Cody Rhodes on his way to the WWE or coming to the WWE was definitely a huge event to take place in 2022. Uh, Number two, CM Punk's media scrum controversy brawl out. I'm hurt. I'm old. I'm fucking tired. And I work with fucking children. CM Punk said, finishing his baked goods in the middle of the post at AEW All Out Media Scrum. Now, coming out of this, the rumor has it is maybe CM Punk is going to return to AEW. Um, don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, honestly, don't really care. Uh, I would think that if Tony Khan had a magic crystal ball, he'd be looking in it and say whatever he spent on CM Punk, which I heard was in the upwards of $6 million, did not uh, have a great return on investment there. Um, And CM Punk, again, know nothing about him, only know what you hear. Again, you know, I I would want to ask a wrestler who personally knows CM Punk, I mean, on Dax Hardwood's uh, podcast, he seems to be a big fan of CM Punk and thought he was a a great uh, wrestler for the industry, which a lot of people think, and he thought he was a great representative for the boys and girls or women in the back. When you hear about uh, when he was in WWE, you heard he did a lot of belly aching and clearly did a lot of belly aching in AEW. So, Again, that doesn't change the fact that this media scrum was the talk of pro wrestling for the you know the majority of the second half of the summer and going into the fall. So at number two, CM Punk's meltdown at the scrum, which caused suspensions, firings, supposed firings, and just an upheaval within the AEW infrastructure. So uh, at the final... Obviously, is going to be the easy one. I don't think anyone can disagree with this. Vince McMahon's retirement amid allegations of misconduct. Um, what possibly bigger than Stone Cold Steve Austin's return to the ring or an AEW VP jumping to the WWE or Tony Khan getting disrespected by CM Punk? 
probably the most important promoter in the history of professional wrestling retiring amid sexual misconduct allegations. Vince McMahon retired effective immediately on July 22nd, ending nearly a five-decade long run as the face of this industry. Um, again, whatever you choose in life, you make your choices and you live with them. Vince McMahon was running a privately owned company. He would never have stepped down, but being the fact that he went public, uh, meaning that he brought WWE to the stock market, which he made billions off of, you have to answer more than this yourself. Now, let's not forget, Vince and his family still are in control of the WWE. But um, in 2022, we quite possibly saw the demise of one of the greatest pro wrestlers, right? Because let's not forget that Vince was a pro wrestler. The greatest promoter. And uh, for someone like myself that grew up on the WWE, just a, an icon and even a mentor, uh, it's very hard to choose words on Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon is everything in a nutshell, right? He's an innovator. He, he's a family man. He's a businessman. He, he, he's conquered everything that he's I mean when you look at some of the failures that Vince had it, it pales in comparison to the successes that Vince McMahon had you know I think we could point out the XFL uh, you could point out what was it the bodybuilding organization that Vince was in uh, or created um, I think on both those occasions Vince tried to get on a train that had already left the yard right Bodybuilding was kind of on the downslide, and and the XFL, let's be honest, I don't really know anybody that doesn't love football, man, but I could not watch football year-round. I'm sorry, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a section in our hearts for football, and having football after football all year long, it just doesn't, didn't work. But think about what Vince has done for the industry, um, you know. Look, he single-handed took out every other promoter, took them all out until there was nothing. And he was finally challenged by a, a media mogul like uh, Ted Turner. And Vince beat him. He lost a lot of battles, but won the war. And, uh, you know... Finally, you know, his, his dream of going into the stock market and making all this money. And then, you know, he gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Again, this is a moral problem. This was not a legal problem. Vince did nothing illegal. It was just a morality issue. But anyway, 2022, that's the top five. I want to thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next week on This Week in Wrestling. Enjoy SmackDown. Enjoy Rampage. And everybody, please, Happy New Year. Have a safe one. Uh, we'll see you next week.